Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. To us, screw us. Always a good time to get over to the wing guru. Poor our man Billy Richmond is putting the work. See, Billy Richmond had a dream uh, after his basketball career and was to start a business to become an entrepreneur. He was trained in the ways of wings by his father, but he had even bigger ideas and plans. He's going to do it on his own. He's going to go out with his own 22 flavors, make a name and a brand for himself that wouldn't just be here in Memphis, but that would hopefully one day spread across the country. And y'all, it's happening. It is absolutely happening. If you haven't had the wings, then you don't know why it's happening. Because as soon as you taste any one of those 22 flavors, you're going to fall in love. Uh, And you know the thing about Billy Richmond in a dream? He was willing to put the work in. When this thing started at Mount Moriah, Billy Richmond was the one in the kitchen. And that's what he's talking about. There's a lot of folks think this is easy, right? That you can come off a basketball career and start a business and it's just going to take off like it has for Billy Richmond. As he's put it, you got to be willing to put the work behind the investment. That man's in the kitchen putting these sauces together. That's why they're so good. He did it all himself. And it's for the benefit of Memphis. Best wings in town, I tell you. When you see Billy Richmond in these Memphis streets, you tell him that Jason and John sent you. All right, update on that. Uh, update on the 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 Kansas City uh, shooting yesterday from uh, the Super Bowl celebration rally. Authorities in Kansas City said Thursday. This is from um, ESPN. Mm. That it's kind of what I uh, suspected too. That this mass shooting that left one person dead and 22 injured at the Chiefs Super Bowl celebration appeared to have stemmed from a dispute among several people. I had just I had wondered whether these whether well, there's the three that they've detained or you know uh, two of them one of them, had they, had they gone to the celebration to kill people to shoot people because that's that's a whole it's a different conversation. It doesn't change anything about the tragedy that this is, but it's a different conversation than it is, okay, a, a dispute broke out, fight broke out, because you are in this, this is the this is the worst kind of situation in terms of police, because the first off, you put this Super Bowl celebration together in days, right? Because you don't know if you're going to win the dang thing. So it's put together in days, not months, not weeks to plan and prepare for police. And then there's no wanding everyone, Brad. There's no sending everyone through metal detectors. There's thousands of people out there. And so people can bring guns very easily. And they do in Missouri. From the, I'm from the state of Missouri. You know, they, they absolutely will. But, I mean, that's not just Missouri. That's, that's all of this country. Point is, that's a cop's worst nightmare. Now, go back to it, though. The, the difference it feels like between, okay, three people decided or however many decide to attack a group to a fight broke out. These guys are packing. Because just about everybody is these days. It, 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 it doesn't 
it doesn't change the tragic nature of it, but it, it more understandable. I think because that's this is our country, mm. folks are packing, they get into beefs, and instead of mm. settling it with their fists these days, we're pulling out guns before you could. I mean, it's happening, and Jeff touched on this. I heard We've this seen it in our, in our own yeah. city, just it's happening for parking spaces. Right. Yeah. Okay. And so, again, it's, it's sort of what I, I just, I, I, maybe it was me just hoping and praying no one had gone to attack this group that included children, and 11 of them got shot. This was more of a situation like this. Turns out that at least that's what police think right now. They said Thursday, uh, Police Chief Stacy Graves said Thursday the total number of victims is up to 23. So that's up, yeah. a, 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 that's up a tick from the 22 we had this morning, including Lisa Lopez Galvin. She was that DJ. Yeah. She was that mother who was killed in the shooting, one dead. Uh, Graves said that 22 people injured in the shooting ranged, ranged from ages 8 to 47, and that half of the injured were under the age of 16. Now, here's another thing for we, because I want to I turn this to, to Tigers in this this uh, something Munns wrote over the commercial appeal, but again, terrible situation. We're seeing more and more of it. But I do consider if you if you think about everything that could have happened in terms of that spray of bullets, I don't know if you've heard the audio, but bullets were sprayed. Yeah. Um, the fact that you hit eleven children. And it looks it looks like right now, Brad, that all of them are going to be able to go on and live full lives. There, there's a part of me that says that's a miracle. Yeah, that's God. Yeah. There's a part of me that says that. Yeah. And again, I, I know there's 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 folks out there that would say, well, well, God yeah, didn't have a daughter thing to do from. with this. He didn't he didn't stop the tragedy no, that I, was I yesterday. But there can you know in this yeah. eleven kids get shot. It, it looks right now yeah. like all of them are going to – I think of that as a miracle because, again, if you, if you hear the audio, dude, it, they were – you could have laid folks down. It was with, a spray-type sound. Sp- yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so the fact that hopefully, you know, and, and I, again, I pray for the, the family of Lisa Lopez Galvin and everything else, but just how many more could have died? How many more could have died if possibly those fans that jumped on the one – we think he's one of the three-day de- detainees. The gun drops out. You know, if if that if those fans don't stop him, is is there more? Do more bullet spray? And so, um, as saddened and uh, disheartening, and it's America today, and it wears it depresses the mess out of you. Um, there is a part of me that is so grateful that those eleven kids that were shot um, are all hopefully going to go on and be able to live lives in a situation where they could have easily, very easily been snuffed out. That part of, to me, feels like a miracle. Again, uh, you're trying to find positive out of a negative. We know we've got to change things. Um, but if we don't talk about it, if we don't have these conversations, we grow numb to this. We think this is every day. We don't stop what we're doing and say, then, then this is just going to continue. And the fact that it happens at celebrations like this, you know. The, only only will spur it on. The morning show, and I'll ask you this, they brought up the question, and I, I think it's a fair one, and it sucks. Do you, I hate to even say it this way, but is it like we can't have a parade now um, without having to, I don't know. to I, fist, to, I mean, to, it to is, like swath everybody well, who's it, in, the, in the... Well, that's why the, the nature of this attack matters to me, because again, if you've got... So, so, you know, it's men- a domestic If you've almost, got mentally right. ill folks that have come to kill folks in a crowd, that's yeah. one conversation. It's different if, than this. if it's a fight breaking out and it's because yeah. guys are packing guns, either way, though, whether it is or not, maybe you do. Maybe, maybe you have to decide in the future that, you know what, we are going to have to put up metal detectors <laughs> for celebrations like these. Right. 
because we are in such a defenseless position. We had eight; they had eight hundred cops out there yeah. yesterday. And you can't prevent this. No, not because with again, a million people. You are not right. You are, you are not monitoring all. You can't all million people. So maybe there is a, a difference in the way you come through. Maybe you have to make it tougher, and they got to come through gates. Yeah, but I, that's hard to do. But and um, it's not fun. It sucks. Yeah, you know? I suspected. You know. Because uh, okay, guys, guys don't settle it anymore with their fists, man. It's, that, it, over parking spaces or, no, or ego no, or whatever no, else. Everybody's packing, they got and gun. this is the way these things get in. And you got innocent folks out there, man, just out there to celebrate what could be, you know, you never know. It feels like the Chiefs are a dynasty and like they'll get more, but you never know. Could be the last one they get for a while. And you got all those kids out there, those dreamy kids out there to see their heroes and everything else. They're getting shot down. It's awful. You know, Missouri gun laws got to be changed. We got our own issues here in Tennessee, but it's all it's all across the country. It's awful. It's horrid. I thank God that those 11 kids are hopefully going to live, at least right now. It uh, looks like none of them are in non-critical condition. We can't do anything but but pray for the, uh, the family of... Uh, of the deceased and for for everybody else. I did think that the tack those those two men who tackled the shooter and got on top of him before the police could a, come a, a bravery that is, I that I, I don't think I'm capable of Not. because again my 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 instinct I feel like would have been preservation. Right. Whether that's CJ, Faith who's ever out there, me myself, I'm getting out of there, yeah. right? At that point, I'm not thinking about other I'm thinking about saving the life of my family or, and myself. Yeah. yeah. And so for those folks to be looking, to see somebody running again, and, and, and not just that presence of mind, that awareness mm-hmm. in that kind of moment, when all hell's breaking loose, there, there's a bravery, there, there's something there. Something uh, it's, in there. It's something in your DNA that yeah. I, I don't think I have. Maybe I do, and, and presented with the situation, I would think about others in that way, but I can't, I can't tip my cap enough to the folks that got him because the police didn't get that guy. Right. The fans got him and held him down. And so, again, if he's one of the three that's responsible for this, it looks like from the video he certainly might be, then, uh, man, all credit due to the, the, the brave fans that were out there that, that, that tried to end this tragedy on their own, didn't wait for police. Um, again, no perfect segue over back to sports, but the Memphis Tigers do have a big game today. And Jason Munns, Commercial Appeal, uh, Memphis Tigers beat writer, has got an interesting piece up about the position the Tigers are in right now. We know on the wrong side of the bubble, what are the chances at this point with seven regular season games remaining, that they can earn an at-large. Now, we discussed this a little bit with Mark Giannato yesterday and just sort of our feeling. Yeah, man, if they can, Tigers can go 6-1, and 5-2, and two, if it's the right five wins, you can still get an at-large, right? But as, as, as Munns uh, writes, and I got down to the bottom of this and my, my eyebrow sort of raised, I wanted to make sure I, I, I read this. Will Memphis do it? As he phrases it, the odd, this is for an at-large, the odds say it's next to impossible. Precedents and potential say otherwise. This is what Munns writes over commercialbill.com. Memphis has traditionally been an incredibly tough beat this time of year. It is 29 and 7 in February and March, regular season in AAC tournament only since 2021. And he points out, like we have, that right now it feels like David Jones, Javon Quinley, Tomlin, more locked in than they had been. And he points out, too, that you've got better role players and certainly Jaquan Walton, one of those, than you had last year. Um, says if Memphis holds true to form, starts firing on all cylinders and pretties up the, pretties up the resume a bit more, the selection committee will almost, will absolutely reward the Tigers with an at-large bid. So he kinda, he's saying two things. The odds say it's impossible because where you are right now at the net and everything else. But if we, and I don't, I don't know how much you trust, your eyeballs over right. the last three games, then, yeah, I mean, I can see it's sort of 
what Giannato and I were saying. Sure, if you believe in vibe, if you believe this team has, has found something offensively, because I'd tell you, tell you there's still a lot to figure out defensively. You saw that in the second half against Tulane. Then, yeah, you could, you know, a 6-1. and one, You know, here's the thing, too, that I, I don't think has been discussed. USF will always be a bad loss. It will always be that because you blew a 20-point lead in the second half. But if USF goes on and wins the regular season AAC title, well, it's not quite as bad a loss as it had been. You understand what I'm saying? This is not a bottom-of-the-barrel USF team. Now, the Rice loss can't do anything about. It's awful. But in terms of metrically, in terms of the the better USF does, and they're they're still sitting here with just one loss in AAC play, the uh, I'm not going to say the better a bad loss, loss looks, but it's not it's not going to hurt you to the same degree if Abdul Rahim and the South Florida team can be keep you know doing what they're doing right now, which is shocking all of us. Uh, uh, to be frank with you, right now they're sitting atop the AAC with one loss. Again, yes, it's a bad loss. It was at home. You were up 20, but it gets a tiny bit better the more they win. You are also looking obviously for other resume breaks, such as Virginia, which Munz points out. You know, right now, 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 I went and checked this. Munz has got them. You, know, you have three quad ones, VCU, Clemson, Texas A&M. We know that. We've been through them. We talked about that earlier this week. We talked about Virginia and the possibility that they could be the fourth, but they lost at home this week. And while, while Munz has got them still 34, you need them top 30 in the net for that win over Virginia to be a quad one. I, I just want to look. They slid, like we talked about yesterday, to 41 after that home loss. So banking on them to come up, uh, you know, at one point you're ranked, they had gone up to 21. I don't know. That that could still happen to his point that that becomes a quad one, but I'm not as uh, I'm not as hopeful now. They that 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 home loss uh, dropped them nine spots to 41. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I don't think they've moved back up to 34. And so anyway, holding out hope for for Virginia to become a quad one again might be a little bit of lost hope there. Yeah. Maybe maybe they do. Maybe Tony gets them on a run and into the AAC tournament. Maybe it does. But you are trying to really stack up quad one and quad two wins, and that's why we talked about this week being so important for the Tigers. North Texas represents the quad two. SMU on Sunday represents the quad one, and you better not be looking past North Texas tonight to that quad one SMU game because I tell you, just because North Texas is shorthand in its backcourt with its two starters day-to-day, they each of their last, what is it, four out of the last five losses, all of them have been by five or fewer points. They're yeah. not getting blown out in these games. It's one of the reasons why the metrics actually likes them. In their losses, they haven't gotten blown out. And even with these guys down in day-to-day, they've been in every game they played. And, and heck, heck, a couple of those losses were all by three points, including, uh, including their last one, which was to, uh, excuse me, yeah, at SMU they lost 71-68. The uh, the the others UAB eighty two seventy nine. My point is they can give you a fight and they'll do it down there in that yeah. you know in that pit or whatever they call it down in Denton Texas. It's called the something pit. Again, you've got to get used to the names of these places now with these new AAC teams in here. These former CUSA's you're having to get used to what they call their buildings and everything else. North Texas now a full fledged member of the AAC. Got to get the win, Brad. Like we said yesterday, the dogs. You are an underdog. Dog. So play like it. Dogs got to come back out. Uh, you cannot squander opportunities like the two you have this week. We were a little, if you hope to get that at large, that Munn's right. We about. were a little naive about this conference. I mean, I I know it's real easy to say it's a slaw conference when you look at it before you start the season and you're not playing North Texas and you don't know what South Florida's got with a new coach. But like this conference has been, I mean, forget the Memphis losses. It's been pretty good because Florida Atlantic's taken their lumps too, and UAB's decent. Charlotte is good. 
um, not great, good, right? I mean, that's a potential loss for Memphis when you go in there. So um, you, I, I have not given up on the regular season, but it feels like you at least want to get into the top four. And if you're going to get in the top four, you got to win tonight. you got to win so, on a so, Sunday. So to your point about the, the conference being you know, better than we thought. Yeah. I'd like to say that. Okay. But I, but I can't. Okay. Because from, from, a, from a metric standpoint, this is still looking like right now, at best, a two-bid league. As well as South Florida has done, they don't have the resume to, no. if they fall off, don't win the AAC tournament, which I would predict in terms of they're not going to win the AAC tournament. They would be out. They're not going to get in that large. That's fair. They're not going to get in that large. And so my point is, you're still the same one- or two-bid league that you were. Mm. And at least from a Ken Palm standpoint... You know, while we'll say, yes, North Texas is giving you games. Heck, Rice gave you a game. Two lanes split with you. You're down to ninth in terms of rated conference, which is down the lowest they've been last year. It's been a steady drop-off. Last year they were eighth. But now, at least from a metric standpoint, the A-10, the Mountain West, the Pac-12, ACC, all your usual suspects. Big East is actually second behind the Big 12 uh, up there outside of the power structure. I tell you, the Big East is, is essentially a power conference in basketball. But, 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 but you've been passed by to the point about this being a great conference. You've been passed by the Mountain West and the A-10. So, and, and, and again, last year, you're eighth. You've dropped down to ninth. And so while I, I'm with I you, I realize Brett, the metrics say that. No, but, I'm, I'm you know, with you. Like yeah. eyeballs tell you in college basketball, th- this is where I'm, I'm with you on this part of the conversation. College basketball tells you that there is more parity now. Yes. That because of the, not just COVID, but because of the transfer rules, because of now older players still hanging around in college mm-hmm. basketball, more sorry teams have decent to solid players now, <laughs> right, or in some right. cases, good players that can knock you off. And so there is more parity in college basketball, and there is parity in the AAC. Yep. But there aren't good NCAA tournament teams in this league beneath Florida Atlantic right. and what Memphis, quite frankly, should be. There just isn't that. Abdul Rahim's doing a hell of a job for South Florida, but they are not a tournament team. Yeah. And if you look at that non-conference, there's just nothing in there to grab onto. So the point is, man, it would be, yes, it's been tougher than you thought. Hell, Penny said it was, yeah, the non-conference was the season. Remember yeah. that? that? That's our whole season. Said, hey, it's just going to be two wins to win the AAC. That's what, can't go any, you we know, any more We promoted that too, by the way. Well, I, I, I'm just saying. He set the tone. Players no, got to no, AC play, and all yeah. of a sudden, you're getting hit in the mouth, and you thought it was going to be easy. Right now, you you have since turned, hopefully, a corner since then in yeah. terms of attitude and mental approach that you're getting right. everybody's best shot. But no, man, we can't we can't sell the narrative that oh man, the, this conference is is a lot better than World people beater. thought, and yeah. it's moving up because the the mm-hmm. ones at the bottom have come up a little bit, and the middle's gotten stronger. It's actually worse than it's ever been mm-hmm. from a from a metric standpoint. I'm with you, eyeballs. You've had a game every night. But come on, man. Memphis need to be taking care of business in both of these games. You better do it against the teams that are beneath you in the standings as North well, Texas is. Otherwise, we can write this one off, guys. And remember, this was never about the goal this year, just to sort of bottom line this, was never about making a third straight NCAA tournament. It was about getting to the second weekend. Yeah. And while we realize, yes, now if Penny can get this thing into the tournament, okay, well, it looked real bad at one point, and now you got to determine. Yeah, yeah, you can sell that as sort of you fixed it, but it still ain't accomplishing what was the goal. Right. You have still come up woefully short in terms of talent here and in terms of NIL investment. And that matters because you have to go right back out with that NIL and get more next season. And if you're not 
Brad, yeah, you, you got to do it again. If you aren't meeting or exceeding yeah. expectations, that gets harder to do, mm-hmm. and that's why it is critical that you don't just get into the tournament, that you be that team that can still make that run because that's what this was always about. Anything less than that is a step back. Right. And you can survive a step back, but you don't keep the uh, you don't keep the enthusiasm up. You might not keep the money flowing in the way it has been since you said you know this summer I don't have the NIL I need. You lose a little bit of that excitement, and so can can you afford that at this point? I, you don't want to. You don't want to find out. I'll put it that way. You don't want to find out. We don't need this thing getting ugly with another program hero, uh, guys. That's why I'm rooting as a Memphian, as somebody who's covered that program, somebody who at one time, you know. Loved Penny Hardaway down, playing for the Orlando Magic, felt like he was representing Memphis. I don't want to see it get to that. But we get there, and we're going to have to have that conversation. Understand? Yeah. Uh, we'll have a conversation with Jeff Calkins after we take a break here. We'll talk to Jeff about Gigi Jackson, what the Grizzlies did uh, last night, but more importantly, what Gigi Jackson seems to be making a, a every night thing now. Uh, consistently, Vince Williams Jr. continues to do. We'll talk this big game, this big week. For the Tigers with Jeff, we'll do all that when we come back. You listen to Jason and John, 929FM. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Jeff Hawkins is really the Tom Brady of Memphis columnists, the GOAT. And that, I would say, is as a sports columnist, and now in his new role as news columnist. Everything he writes is gold. And i tell you what, Jeff, I'm not just buttering you up. I was telling Drew, too, how impressed I was by that gamer last night. I had read it before you came on and talked about it. And uh, i tell you what. I'm I'm giddy about Gigi Jackson, and Drew Hill's story made me even giddier sort of looking at the old love and the new love. Man, y'all got some talent at that Daily Olympian. Well, one of the things I really, for me, as a consumer of, uh, of uh, sports writing for all these years, there's nothing more fun than reading about your team after a win, right? And yes. because it's not even necessarily that you need to – that you're going to learn something you didn't already know if you watched it, right? Yeah. You watched it, you heard Pete and Brevin, you know, give you all the stats and whatever else. I like to just immerse myself and relive and have fun and relive the moment. And so last night, because Gigi was so good, because there was this Dylan return game, because, and then Drew, I, I texted him about it. He said, well, maybe it's a little cheesy, but there's cheesy and then there's, if cheesy is done with sort of a wink and an understanding of how cheesy, you know, of how, yeah. how it, it, you know, there's, it is really a fine line. He did it beautifully. Yes, he did. This sort of the spurned, I mean, the, the ex who had been torturing you 
um, all of a sudden you've got this new love in Gigi. I thought he was a it was a really deftly done piece, and um, and I found myself smiling all the way through it. And then I read Chris Harrington's piece on it, and I on it, which was on the, on the same event, but was also really it was it was interesting in another way. And I thought one of the things that was fascinating about Chris's piece is that. You know, each of the last three years, Houston has had a top five pick. But if you took their three top five top five picks over the past three years, I think they combined for twenty nine points, and um, wow. and Gigi had twenty. But more to the point, like I don't I don't think it's clear which of those players will absolutely be best in the end. But if you just were watching last night. And you knew there were these young talents there, these three from the Rockets. And, oh, by the way, here's Gigi. And you could have thrown Vince in there, too. Like, who was the, which one of these were the top three picks in the draft and which one is the second rounder? Yeah. You couldn't tell. You know, I think, I think Gigi has as good a chance at becoming a star as, you know, any of those three Rockets. And that's really saying something. And um, it is certainly in this season of... Um, disappointment um, and chaos, it is certainly something to feel good about. So, and, and, and I think this is where you are, but if, if Gigi Jackson and Vince Williams Jr. are the draft hits that they now look like they are, what are we, how much has the narrative changed, Jeff? What are, what's that front office batting now? Because we had spent so much time. Oh, man, you finally missed. You blew it with Zaire. Roddy and LaRavia were tired of it. We spent so much time there. And then, and, and then now out of this fire of a season, you've pulled out two hits. If you include Bain, you include BC. Like, what, what's this front office bad now? What's the narrative now on this front office in the draft? Yeah, I, I can How much has it changed, even, I guess, is what even, I would ask. Well, even when they were missing, I was not someone who was crushing them. Well, you I, couldn't, I just, right? Because of but, the start, but, but, yeah, first of all. I, and. And the nature of the draft, like the NBA draft, it's, you know, it, it, this is not like the NFL draft. M- more than half the Most picks miss. in the first round are misses, yes. you know, every yeah. year. And yeah. so you can't really count on hit after hit after hit. I mean, look at look at Golden State. Golden State picks James Wiseman, you know, like, what the, you know, second mm-hmm. pick of the draft. And, and that's a great front office. I think we would all acknowledge Absolutely. a great front office. So. Um, hell, I've heard you go through the Detroit roster and all the whiffs that they've had. Like, it's not easy. And so, but sure, I think you're, you're, you went from thinking, oh, my God, Zach Kleinan um, and that group, um, among the very best front offices in the country and in the league, to, okay, well, now they're, they're missing some now. Maybe they're not perfect. Mm-hmm. Again, I never really thought they were going to be perfect. But I, I do think um, – if you, if these players are what they think we think they might be, um, you know, you, you got another executive of the year. Uh, not not this year, but you could imagine awesome. another executive of the year, um, you know, award coming down the pike because it's not easy to hit like that. And um, now, mind you, you know, they picked they picked Vince Williams. They had three picks awesome. before they picked Vince Williams in that draft, That's right? They true. took three swings. It's just like the Patriots, where well, the Patriots picked. It wasn't that everybody else let him to drop to the sixth round. The Patriots also let him drop to the sixth round. So you can't say that Zach Kleiman knew that, that uh, you know, that, that Vince Williams would be this. But I'll tell you what they did know. They knew that they had to keep taking swings. 
You know, right. they knew that they had to keep throwing darts. And it so happens that second-round darts hit, first-round darts did not. But all that matters, I, I, earlier in my show, earlier this week, I compared it to playing the lottery, which I do not do. But as far as I can tell, playing the lottery, it's not the misses that matter. It's the hits that matter. Absolutely. If you actually buy a lottery ticket and it hits, pay more attention to the hits. And it appears they have a couple more hits, and, and full credit to them. Do we have to reserve space for, and we always say we say front office, right, and hitting on, do we have to reserve space for credit when it comes to the development guy, uh, the development of these guys too, or, or you know, we can't just say that you found these these second rounders that should, as Chris Harrington did the redraft. Really, they look like first rounders, right? Without, I, I suppose, is it Taylor Jenkins? Is it the developments? Like that has to be a part of this too, does it not? Yeah, it's always interesting. I I never know how it's hard, right, to get to put a yeah. how you how you parse what part of a player floundering is. is Some of that's Taylor, is, though, or, right? Or, some of it, it's not just Ask Taylor. Me. It's the it's the folks in the G League. You know, I mean, it's yeah. it's, oh, very, it's in March, and point. it's like it's those guys, and it's and it's the entire organization. It is funny though, because like the same organization is trying to develop Zaire and Jake Lorenzo, <laughs> like like, and so if it like, so is it about development or is it about what the raw you know what the player is like the same Zaire, Jake. You know, uh, David Roddy, all were developed by this team in exactly, well, weirdly enough, in a different fashion. You know, maybe go, the slow, go, uh-huh. you know, the go slow approach has helped them. But even the, even for Gigi and Vince, the way their development has gone isn't just a product of what the front office carefully mapped out. It's a product of what else happened around them. Like Gigi's development, this is, I'm certain, not what the, the front office had in mind this year, yeah. that Gigi would be playing this many minutes and wasn't some carefully orchestrated developmental trajectory. What it really was, I think, for the wing players, and, and, because there's been fewer injuries among, obviously Desmond Bain has gotten hurt, whatever, but for the wing players, what really happened is the guys who got the first shot all whiffed. Yep. That's what really happened. And because they all whiffed, it gave opportunities to Vince Williams and to Gigi, and they have taken advantage of it. So, sure, I certainly give uh, – I mean, you have to give the development group um, uh, credit, but I do, I do think it's interesting. Like, why does Zaire not develop – but Gigi appears to be developing, and maybe that has more to do with Gigi. I think you're right versus Zaire rather than what's around them. Okay, uh, turn you to Tigers. Obviously, we know this is a big one for Penny Quad Two, uh, and it's right before a Quad One. You really need both of them, and you certainly can't be looking. You know, just because North Texas is having some injury issues in the backcourt, can't be looking past them to the Quad One against SMU. I just, I'll, 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 I'll put the question. This way, Jeff. I mean, Penny said it this week. It's do or die time, and we're all writing about you know the at-large chances look tough unless you go on a run. Did I, I hear you say again this morning that you still feel good about it, though, in terms of the at-large bid? If this team can go five or two, six and one, that your eyeballs and vibe and and Jeff Calkins' gut been around Memphis sports forever feels like this is a tournament team in certain in terms of at-large. Yeah, I, that it's going mean, to happen. I, I, for weird, weirdly, I'm still, I mean, you know, whatever. Bart or are Torvik we just hoping it's, it's going to happen? That's what I'm Bart Torvik said it's 2%. I think there's some hope in there. I think it's, I think there's some hope in there. Um, 
they very clearly have the talent to be a tournament team, right? We've seen that. And so if you are a believer that they will be an at-large bid, even if they don't win the, the AAC tournament, what you're believing in is that we've always seen the last three games is real, right? Mm-hmm. And that there won't be um, slip-ups and that they'll be able to play, you know, at, a, at this higher level, the level that they did, you know, in the first half against Tulane for the duration. And maybe it's silly to believe that. I do think that tonight, you know, tonight isn't a must-win in the sense that if they lose, it, they could still technically, technically. get an at-large bid, yes. right? So it's not must in that sense. But come on. <laughs> if they lose this game, what faith does anyone have that they're going to beat SMU and sweep Florida Atlantic and beat South Florida? Like, none, right? So it is. So for all practical purposes, yep. for the perspective of an at-large bid, don't you agree this is a must-win? Absolutely. I mean, it, it's a team that's beneath you in the standings, even though you're the underdog yeah. tonight, you know, according to the line, they're beneath you in the standings. Five of the final seven are teams that are ahead of you in the standings. you got to, at the least, Jeff, get into the top four, right, so that you've got the double right. bye, that you only, you know, you only have to win three games. And so it is absolutely critical that they win and then not, you know, undo the the three that you just won because losing tonight would almost do that to me. I mean, you're already on the wrong side of the bubble. And so while you're right, technically you're not out of it. You could win the next, what, six. Um, right. I, I think I if you won the next six, you could be in a position where you wouldn't have but to. But we wouldn't feel good about the but, prospect of but, doing but that. We, right. You'd feel yeah. like it was. No. Dude, if they, at that point you believe they're going to win the next six, you're just being right. You're foolhardy. I, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. We, there's a part of me that says let, let it all unfold. There's another part of me that says, man, what if Penny doesn't? What if they don't make the tournament? What kind of conversations will have that we can wait to have uh, those conversations, Jeff. I, I am. I am curious. Did I hear you uh, with Gabe Kuhn yesterday? And maybe you had done it on your show, but I almost I listened minute to minute almost of your show. Did you? Is the 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 wedding coming up very soon? Yeah. No. A week from Saturday. We're getting congratulations, married. Congratulations, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, what happens is when you, when you go when you go to the when you go to the awesome. the, the license to get your marriage license. At that point, you got 30 days. Otherwise, you have to go get another marriage license. And, ah. you know, this is not, we're not doing this like. So all know. of Memphis isn't coming? Come on. No, not, basically, none of Memphis is coming. None of, none of, none of, <laughs> none of my kids, my kids are coming. Her kids are coming. And, um, you know, it, this is a very small. I got you. We actually thought of literally just having the two of us and a witness. Um, and then we said, yeah, we'll, we'll invite the kids. Um, and, uh, and they should be able to come, but no, it's a very, very small event and there's no, uh, you know, there's no honeymoon. We're not, we, we might ultimately go somewhere, but, um, yes, it's a, it's a, it's a very small production, um, on Scott Morris's porch, um, which is, he was very, Scott and Mary are wonderful and they are nice enough and Scott will be officiating. And uh, and so then we'll be hitched, and I I look forward to that. Well, we wish you we wish you many years of bliss. I did think Jeff, she made the cookie for you and put your name on it, like it's the little things, brother. Wait, where did and, you see that? No, you said it. You said it with Gabe. You said it with Gabe yeah, yesterday. I, I was oh, listening yeah, I on the Gabe Coon show. Yeah. She know, made you a Valentine's cookie with yeah, your name. True. It's the little things like the that that make you different. know. Yes, you know yeah, you got the right one. Congratulations, brother. <laughs>
And she spelled it correctly. That's the main thing. I would hope so at this point. I would hope so at this point. It's gotten pretty serious. (laughs) That'd be sad if it were J-E-F-F, wouldn't it, on the cookie? I think you might have to reconsider. Yes, you might have to reconsider. (laughs) Jeff, thank you, brother. Appreciate you. Yep. Yep. He is the great Jeff Calkins. Thomas for the Daily Memphian, host of the Jeff Calkins Show. As you can tell, I literally listen for minute to minute. Really, I listen for the moments where he's trying to pit me and John. That's why. Yeah. I, that's why. No, I, I, you're a smarter person if you listen to the Coggin Show from nine to eleven every day here on ninety two nine FM ESPN. We appreciate Jeff. He he just reinforced my point about saying things multiple times because he had even forgotten he had mentioned the cookie story. He could have told that again. He's like, and, How did you know yeah, that? How, what is, are you? Were you in my house and you knew about my cookie? He, he addresses <laughs> Memphis like three times a day between his show hours. Games, he, oh, he everything. forgets what he's telling. He forgets what yeah, he, it's what a he, secret. He's yeah, telling he's, secrets he's to himself to so now. much to us. But, no, isn't that the sweetest thing ever? Is a beautiful to put his story. name on you the cookie. You know what? We talked about budgets yesterday. That place. is more thoughtful than the ninety-nine fifty or whatever the over/under is we had yesterday. I think you are so right. I'm. I mean, I'm not just saying that. Like it sounded good when I heard him That's say that. I'm like, I, I wish I would have argued right more on that over/under. Yeah. Yes, that there are effort things that you can right, do. Right. Right. That can still thoughtful. Yeah, thoughtful, thoughtful effort things personal. that are more about what you've put than the money. That's right. And so maybe there is a way. I will say that. Uh, you know, I didn't. I didn't get a, a lot of extra love last night oh. for for my gift to mm. faith. Mm-hmm. I did avoid doghouse area. Okay, but you know, I think the the comments about my wine cooler gift oh. had gotten back to her. They got to her. Oh. Yeah, somebody heard me talking. Who floated said, that to the to said, your Jason spouse? Jason said you got him a wine cooler and threw you under the bus. It's a terrible oh. Valentine. That's not he a does, faith. Hey, he he was also saying amazing wine. things. Yes, it, it, well, she, I always she do. wrote off the amazing things you said. That's right. So you focused on the, it's like I, I have this conversation with my wife sometimes, you know, like, why do you focus on the the 1% of maybe a challenged position or something I said yeah. instead of this 99%, 99% of awesome but stuff? That's what, that's what I clean the garage. Look at what I did, Stacy. Look at what I did here. So, what? Don't Forget about this. What about this? So this is the second time around for, for Jeff? I think so. I what? think so. this is number second two. Second yeah. time around. Love second time. time? Yeah. You remember that old song? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, in all seriousness, congratulations. Sounds like it's nice. To, yes, congratulations to Jeff. Probably smart. I like the way he's doing it. He's keeping yeah. it nice and personal. Profile. That's actually the way we, uh, my wife and I did it in Jamaica. We only had nine people there. Oh, wow. On one of those destination weddings, sort of like what John did as well. And so yeah. I always think that's a really good way to go rather than spending, you know, thousands and thousands on the the big wedding. Although John's it, was, dead. it was uh, a big Jeff's time trip. Spend, I'm sure. Like the the John the trip spending, and you even spent to go out there with well, him. Well, the, the thing about that, real quick before we go, you're killing two birds. You're, you're getting it's yourself a destination a trip. wedding. Yeah. You're already there for the honeymoon. Okay, and so you've killed sort of two uh, birds with yeah. one stone. Yeah, there. yeah, and that's why it absolutely worked beautifully for us. Just having, you know, small little tight-knit, nine little, my pastor was there. Yeah. Uh, my grandmother was there at the time. Mom was there. Dad didn't even make it, to be honest. My brother didn't oh. make it. Yeah, there were there were folks that didn't, that weren't there. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, getting to Jamaica. You are. You're The one thing about destination wedding is you're asking people to, to pay. Do something. Unless you're just yeah. super rich. Yeah. To come see you. Yep. And, then, you know, that can uh, that can be a strain on some people. Yeah. So, anyway, that's how it worked out for us. Hopefully, it's going to work out great for Jeff. Uh, we got more to do. We're going to close you out before we hand you off to Giannato and Jeffrey. Got to take a little break here. You're listening to J&J 929 FM ESPN. Shoot 360 is a basketball haven. Right at 85 Market Center Drive in Collierville. Go check it out for yourself. You'll absolutely fall in love. Whether you like to hoop yourself or... Uh, probably more appropriately, whether you got a son, daughter, niece, nephew, somebody in the family that's an aspiring hooper because it's good to get in on the ground floor. And if you get that young hooper out to shoot 360, the earlier the better. 
the better they can be. Because it's not just the shot, as the name would indicate, shoot 360. It's the ball handling. It's the passing. Uh, their physical abilities. They've got the development coaches, the weight training, all of it out in one place. Shoot 360. Frankly, I got to get Chris out there. He's got the shot, uh, but if he's going to be anything in this basketball game, we got to get his. We got to get his handle up. And shoot 360 is the place to do it. They've got these huge, bitter, these huge video boards, interactive. You can mimic the combo moves you see on the video board. Get real time feedback. It's like a video game with the passing. You're trying to hit targets. So best believe that's where CJ's going to be this spring and summer as he gets ready for the fifth grade, whatever your level uh, your kid is at. A shoot 360's got a program for them and a membership option. So get out there. Like we said, you're going to be blown away by the place if you haven't seen it already. Basketball World's talking about it. Our man Thaddeus Young, one of the investors. Go check it out. We call it the future of basketball training in Memphis. It's happening right now at Shoot 360. Again, they are at 85 Market Center Drive in Collierville. Real quick before we hand you off to the very capable hands of Giannato and Jeffrey, I want to tell you a couple things coming up. We know about Tigers uh, tonight. Talked about that. Uh, against North Texas, that's a big one. Grizzlies, obviously, have got the Bucks on TNT tonight. You might not have known. Mm-hmm. Do you remember when we brought in, back in September, Brad, a man by the name of Danny Left Hand to God Barlow? I did. The, the boxer, of course. Yeah. The sea fighter who had yeah. earned a contract yeah. off the Dana White Contender Series yeah. by beating another. It was actually another Memphian in that final that he beat. Yeah. In beating him, he earns the UFC contract, and guess what? What happened? UFC 298. Danny Barlow is a Whoa. part of it this weekend. Now he's got to work his way up. Law uh, school MMA. Law school. You got it, brother. Uh, I've Brian, been following yeah. it on yeah, Facebook. Yeah, 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 yeah. As Brian. soon as we did that interview, yeah. Mm-hmm. Fantastic, uh, fantastic law school MMA product. Yeah. Who has now a uh, Westwood High okay. veteran and I believe Westwood High graduate. Oh. Uh, now 7-0 as a pro. I think that's the record still stands up. Yep. He's fighting this weekend in the preliminaries. Man's working his way up. I'm okay. telling you, if you heard the interview with him back in September, guy got all the charisma. He certainly got the left hand to be a star the law. in the UFC. No doubt about it. Left hand to God. Yes. Watch out for that left hand from Danny Barlow. That's a great You'll name. You'll see it at UFC 298 this weekend, so we'll keep you okay. uh, abreast of uh, of all those uh, happenings, whatever unfolds. Of course, thank you to our guests today, Drew Hill, Joe Theismann, Jeff Calkins. Make sure you stay tuned for Giannino and Jeffrey. We'll see you back here tomorrow. For Brad, I'm Jason. We'll go. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 